For the last month, I have been uh, serving as a chaplain out at Philmont Scout Ranch in northern New Mexico, which is up in the, the mountains of the, the Sangre de Cristo range of the, the Rockies. And when I left there, it was in the 50s and raining, and the humidity was still like in the low 20s. I got in last night and got off the plane, and I have apparently lost my humidity tolerance uh, because I feel like a sponge soaking up every available moisture drop in the air, and all of a sudden there's a lot more air pressure than I'm used to. Uh, the number one injury we were dealing with in the infirmary when I left was hypothermia. Uh, yeah, now I'm home. That ain't a problem. And uh, I'm realizing that I have actually not celebrated Mass inside a building for a month. Uh, and I haven't done anything except talk about mountains and scouts and hiking in my homilies. So I kind of have forgotten, I think, how to talk to normal people inside a building. So uh, here goes. Uh, but it is good to be, to be back uh, with you, even though my, my mountains are, are left far to the southwest right now. Uh, but it reminds me uh, today, especially in our second reading, about difficulties and struggles and how the, the Christian life is often filled with things that are, well, less than the happiness that we would expect. I remember hearing this reading from St. Paul today to, from the Corinthians for the first time when I, I think I was in junior high, I, maybe high school, uh, because I, I discovered the sacrament of, of confession again. I had, of course, gone to confession in second grade when I made my first confession, and I, I think I kind of went a little bit after that, but I got old enough that I realized that, well, I, I needed confession, and I needed to go, and I was, you know, struggling with very sins that people struggle with, and I remember just getting rather discouraged because I was going to confession over and over and trying to get holy and wanting to overcome the sins in my life, and I knew what God was asking, so I was trying to do it and be a good person. But it seemed like I just kept struggling to confess the same sins over and over and over, and it just wasn't getting any better. And I would pray to God, like, okay, God, I want to do the right things, and I, I know it's me that's messed up, so fix me. <laughs> Help me be better. Help me to be strong. And that's when one day in confession, the priest pulled out his Bible, and he turned to this passage from St. Paul, which I had never heard. And he read to me, I, Paul, might not become too elated because of the abundance of revelations. A thorn in the flesh was given me, an angel of Satan to beat me, to keep me becoming from too elated. And then the thing that really got to me, three times I begged the Lord about this, that it might leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. Power is made perfect in weakness. And the priest at the time was trying to get me to see that the goal of the Christian life is not to somehow eliminate all our weaknesses and then God will love us, or to become perfect and rid our life of all sin and then because we are so holy and because we are so perfect and great, then we will be worthy of God's love. I think that's kind of how I looked at it. At least I thought it's my responsibility to perfect myself, to get rid of the weaknesses, to be the person God wants me to be. And here's Paul telling me what I was already figuring out that I can't do it. 
And Paul has already come to this realization. He can't do it either. This is St. Paul, one of the greatest saints in the church who was willing to do all kinds of battles, to struggle, to suffer, to endure stonings and beatings all for the sake of God. He's willing to do hard things. And he eventually realizes when it comes to whatever this thorn in the flesh is, he's just weak, can't do it. He does not have the power to rid his life of whatever this is. And he does the right thing. He's like, okay, well, if I don't have the power, I'll ask God. So I ask God, please take this away from me. And God says, no. That is hard. The hardest answer I think sometimes we get from God is no. But notice it's not just no. It's like, Paul, I hear you. I, I hear your prayers. They're good prayers. Thank you for the prayer, Paul. But I'm going to leave you in this weakness. I'm not gonna fix this particular thing. Even though you think it would be really good for me to fix this, even though it would make sense that I fix this problem, God says no. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you for power is made perfect in weakness. How can power be made perfect in weakness? Isn't, isn't being weak the opposite of being powerful? Well, of course, in a human standpoint, it is, but not for God. Look at all the ways that we are weak in our lives. Family struggles, husband and wife struggling. There's divorce, separation, all kinds of family issues. Kids are struggling. There are difficulties at school. My friends aren't getting along with me. I feel alone. There's health problems. We all have seen COVID. We know how that goes individual family health problems, problems at work, problems in other relationships, problems with finances, all kinds of things we would say, these are weaknesses. I feel vulnerable here. Things are not going the way I think they should. So what do we do? Well, as good Christians, I think sometimes we say, well, I'll pray. I will ask God. And we've probably been taught from the time we're little that God is our father who loves us. And we even read directly in scripture from Jesus, ask of me anything in my name and it will be given to you. Or you haven't received yet because thus far you have not asked. Say to this mountain, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will if you just have faith. In the gospel today, Jesus doesn't work miracles because it says they lack faith. So what do we do when we encounter weakness and struggle and difficulty in our life? Well, probably you and I, we pray. We do what St. Paul did. We say, God, okay, I, I'm weak and vulnerable and things are not going the way I think they should. So God, do something about it. That's a, it's not a bad prayer, but sometimes we pray that prayer and we're like, God, fix things. So what if God did? What if he said, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just fix this. And then we have something else that goes wrong. So like, God, hey, fix this. And God fixes that. And pretty soon our, our prayer becomes more about our idea for our life and how we think things should go. And if it doesn't go the way we want it to go, well, we just pray to God and he fixes it and makes the world the way we want it. Well, that's not the kind of relationship God wants with us because that is worldly focused. We have an idea how the world should be and how our life should look in the world. And if it doesn't match, God should fix it problem with that is then we are not made for this world. 
This world is a mess and always will be. If God wanted to fix the world and make it perfect, he certainly could have done that. <laughs> but then we wouldn't desire heaven. The, the fact that we desire a world where there is no suffering, where there is perfect communication and harmony and unity between all people, where there is no discrimination, where there's no injustice anywhere. The fact we desire that means we desire heaven. We desire something that this world can never give us. So God's not just gonna fix it here and fix it there because what God wants is not this world. What he wants is for us to be with him. He wants that we would want him. In the end, everything that we want in this world that seems imperfect means we want God. We want heaven. So the answer is not that God come and fix everything that's wrong in our weakness. Rather, it's that in our weakness, we realize that the real power is letting go of this world with our eyes fixed on heaven. Notice that whenever there's some kind of tragedy in this world, whenever something goes really wrong, like a, a big disaster, what happens? Well, then everybody prays. In my life, I, I think back to 9-11, to for instance, 2001. All of a sudden, everyone realizes maybe we're not as powerful as we thought. Maybe people can come and knock down our buildings, destroy our safety, lose our sense of security. And what do people do? In their powerlessness and their helplessness, we all went to church. And we said, God, help us. We're not as powerful as we thought. Now, now we see the inside of St. Paul and why God says to him, my power is made perfect in weakness. Because if we think we're strong, if we think we've got it all under control, if everything is going right, well, it's pretty easy to forget about God. We don't need God. Everything's basically okay. I think it's precisely when things are not okay when we realize how helpless we are, then we realize who is powerful and we turn to God. What a beautiful gift then on this Independence Day to really think about our own dependence on God. Because there's nothing so beautiful and as American as independence. And believe me, I am as patriotic as I'll get out. Uh, after Easter, Fourth uh, of July is right up there for me at number two. It might rival Christmas. I really like 4th of July. My dad's in the army, worked at Fort Leavenworth all his life after that. I've always thought about being a military chaplain. I love our country and independence is right up there. Liberty, freedom, independence, the American way of life. I am gonna go celebrate today. I will go blow things up. I will probably go shoot some things. I, I will rejoice that I do not have to uh, quarter any foreign troops in my house. Thank you, Third Amendment. Um, no, you know, I, I love America. I love our country, America. But in the end, even as independent as we think we are, the more we think that we are powerful and independent in our own right, the more our country seems to forget about God. The more we think we don't need God, everything's okay. So sometimes God sends weakness or at least allows it. So we remember that none of us, especially not America, as wonderful as it is, can be independent from God. When we are weak, we are strong because it is then that we remember we need God. Just think of what coronavirus did to our freedom in the United States. All of a sudden, we're not as powerful as we thought. We have a, a virus we can't control and we're at the mercy of this invisible thing. We're not so powerful. 
But rather than that be a source of distress, on this Independence Day, I pray that we, like St. Paul, might realize that weakness, powerlessness, vulnerability, rather than being something negative, can actually be something that turns us back to God. So if you're struggling right now, if there are things that you have prayed about, maybe it's situations, maybe it is sin, maybe it's the own imperfections in your own life. I wanna be better, like me going to confession over and over and the priest telling me, no, let's read St. Paul. And he pulled out this second reading today. Whatever's going on in your life right now, and you are praying and praying, God, take this away, fix it, make it better. Maybe God's answer is no. But my grace is sufficient for you. Power. You want to be in control? You want power? Give up this world. Put your hopes in God. God's power is made perfect in weakness. You want independence? Then be radically dependent upon God. His power is made perfect in weakness. And your weakness will be the source of God's power in your life. So rejoice if today his answer is no to one thing, because he might just be empowering you to live in a true freedom. Dependence on God on this Independence Day.